speak to us. The reading is taken from 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached, to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jane. Good morning getting my um, friend to, uh... Roddy doesn't know, but he is actually in my sermon. (laughs) He's worried now. I've got a prop today. Do you know what this is? No, ignore, okay, we'll get to that. Need to start again, I think. (laughs) Uh, I'm the curate, as Liz said, which Uh, To those of you who don't know, of which I think there are probably many, what that means, it means that I'm sort of a trainee vicar, um, and what it actually means is that I'm a curator of souls. Have I said this before? I don't know. Um, uh, And Tom is too. Um, I don't work in an art museum most of the time (laughs) and curate art. Um, Yeah, so I'm the curate, I'm training, uh, and it's good to be with you this morning. Congratulations to Harry uh, and family and friends. It's lovely to have you with us, uh, and I'm excited to share... Uh, some things about what we've just read uh, together. Now, um, our prayer today, particularly today, uh, as Harry has been baptised, is that Harry would grow in his faith, as we shared earlier. Uh, But also, more than that, it's that Harry would know that he is loved, that he is known by God, that he is loved by God, and that he would live for him. And that is our prayer for Harry. And it's the love that we pray for in that prayer, that changes everything. And that's what I want to speak about this morning. We're doing uh, a sermon series, a talk series, on the book of 1 Corinthians. uh, And that is Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, quite a baby church, quite a new church, uh, who have gotten a bit lost, and uh, they're doing so many things that are taking them away from the message 
of what it means to live for God, to live for him. Um, I have a question. Is Harry good at napping? Or any children in here, are they good at napping? He's quite good. Okay, my daughter isn't good at napping. She never has been good at napping. Um, from like the age of three months, she would not sleep on me. But when I got home last Sunday, she, she's two and a half now, and she said to me, Mommy, I want to nap on you on the sofa. And I thought, oh, that's so nice. I'm so tired. That would be so lovely, just have a nap together on the sofa. And then obviously she didn't nap <laughs> on me, and so we spent the rest of the afternoon with a very tired toddler, uh, and I was lured in. I was distracted by the sense of how great this might feel, just that even though I knew that for the last two years she has never napped on me, I somehow wanted so strongly to believe that this nap would happen. Uh, and I think sometimes that's how it can be for us uh, when we are living out our faith, or when we are seeking after the wrong things instead of what our faith uh, means, what it looks like in our life. I think we can get very easily distracted by the feeling of something's going to be immediately quite nice. Immediately it's going to be such a lovely, comforting feeling, but actually those things never fulfill us. Those things don't, um, don't fill us up with the stuff that we're made of and the stuff that we're called to be. Okay, we're going to play a little game. Um, we played it recently, but I just really like it, and I think it's a good one because it makes you laugh a bit sometimes. <laughs> find out. Would you rather? Who's played that game? Would you rather? Yeah. All the youth. All the youth. <laughs> yep, we play that all the time. <laughs> Young adults, sorry, not you. Um, <laughs> okay, so would you rather? I say, would you rather this or would you rather that? And then you're going to talk to someone near you. Um, this one does sort of require you to talk. You can think about it on your own if you really don't want to talk to anyone, but it's not as funny. Um, so <laughs> it's up to you. Um, okay, first one. Would you rather sing along to every song you hear or dance along to every song that you hear forever? Okay, go. Love it. Okay. So who who would sing along to every song? Okay. Who would dance along? Oh, not so many. Who would do both? Ah, there's actually more. More that would do both than just dance. Okay. Um, Okay, next one. Would you rather be really, 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 really smart or really, really kind? Go. That's That's a tough one. Just ask Liz what time she wants me to finish. It's not a good sign, is it? Um, okay, I'm not. I don't think. Shall I check? Shall I check? What, who would rather be really smart? Okay, nice. Yes, I think it's probably to do with personality type. Who would rather be really, really kind? It's not really a, a direct contrast. That was a, that was a bit mean. That one. Okay. 
Okay, I'm going to try again with this. Do you, know, do you know what this is? Ignore this part, but just look at what the string is doing. A plumb line. Who said that? Cut. Did I already tell you? Oh. <laughs> yeah, a plumb line. Now, I'm not very good. It is an egg timer. Well done. Someone thought it was a Diablo. It's not a Diablo. Um, it's an egg timer. Right. But it is, it is my version of a plumb line that I made two minutes before the service. Um, so there we go. Prop. Good, right? Um, now, do you know what a plumb line does? I'm on dangerous territory because I only just about know. Yes. It measures the true vertical. Correct? <laughs> but it also, it also measures the depth of something. So they use it to measure water to see how deep something is. And I want to ask you a question. How deep do you think your relationship with God is? This isn't to discuss with one another. How deep do you think it is? What is the plumb line of your relationship with God? The foundation, the cornerstone. What is the very thing that you know nothing will rock that? Is it what you know about God? Or is it who you know in God? The person of Jesus Christ. Died, buried, raised, and ascended to heaven. You see... If your relationship with God is based on what you know of God, that's all well and good, but it doesn't actually give you that living and active relationship. And we come in this passage in, in, the, uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, to Paul telling the Corinthians that you, you've lost your plumb line. You've lost the thing that centers your faith, the thing that centers your whole life, the thing that keeps you going in the direction of Jesus. You've lost it. The church... In Corinthian, in, uh, the Corinthian church, sorry, tripping over my words today. The Corinthian church was doing all sorts of things. There was prostitution going on. They were getting drunk at communion. They were suing one another, sexual immorality. There was so much going on. They were feasting when others among them were starving. There was so much happening. And and all these things were not the way of Christ that they learned to do. They were not the way that God taught them to live. And they were also in an environment, a culture of the time, where they loved to think. They loved to do loads of thinking. And they had these people called sofas. See where it's going, Roddy. This is what Roddy calls me. <laughs> because my name is Sophie. He calls me a... What is Sofas. Sofas. And I read in my study today... Uh, that this is who was at the front of the thinking. They were called sofas, sofas probably. But let's call them sofas so it sounds more like my name. Um, because the Greek word for wisdom is Sophia. Okay? No correlation. <laughs> and so these men in this culture at the time, this culture that was all about thinking, these men... The sophers would be at the forefront of that culture. They would be traveling all around cities like Corinth, trying to come and share their thought of the day, the big thinkers. And people would come from miles around. It was, it was the entertainment of the time. Uh, and it was, it was uh, entertainment for the masses. They loved it. Uh, and all they would do would kind of fight against each other to say, I've got the better idea here. I've got the better idea. And Paul comes into that situation and he says, they're telling you this is wisdom, but this is not wisdom. This is worldly wisdom. This is more and more thoughts, more and more ideas, but none of which will give you life. None of which will show you who 
is life. And this, this is the culture in which the, the church then were in. And so they were just getting a bit distracted. They, they were going, oh, let's just start to follow this way of thinking, as we heard last week. Let's follow that way of thinking. Let's follow this way of thinking. And it wasn't then centered on Jesus. There was no depth to their relationship with God. And so Paul addresses it and he says, God's wisdom is different. But what is God's wisdom? And he goes on to say it's Christ crucified. Now, to us, we're like, okay, we know the story. Jesus is born. Jesus lives. He dies on the cross. He's buried and he raises to life. And we go through that. He dies on the cross and that's fine. But, I mean, crucifixion is pretty gruesome. And at the time, it was even more gruesome. It was even more despised as a way of torturing someone. It was saved only for the worst of the worst. It was an instrument of execution that was saved only for slaves or for people who were rebelling against the institutions of the time, against the authorities of the time. And the Jews actually believed that if you were hung on a cross, you were cursed. And here we are with Paul saying, and this is your saviour, Jesus Christ. God sent Jesus, and Jesus did that. He was crucified on the cross. And took all the weight of everything that we carry, all the things that we carry, all the stuff that weighs us down, and he took it to the cross. And God says, this is wisdom. Paul says, this is the true wisdom, is that God's love sent his only son to the cross to die for you. Because he loves you. Like I said at the beginning, the thing that changes everything is God's love. I went to uh, Winkworth Arboretum the other day. Has anyone been? Very uh, autumnal, but it's not quite there yet. Don't go yet if you're thinking of going. Wait, maybe a few days, probably get you a better look. At it's, it's all these beautiful trees, and there's kind of quite great vistas. You can go up quite high, so you can see all the trees, and they're all, they look like they're bursting into flame. And it reminded me of this quote that I love. Every autumn it comes back to me, and I really love it. And sometimes if I say it, I cry because I just love it that much. One of those. I don't. I won't today. The, tre- <laughs> the trees are about to show us just how beautiful letting go can be. Just before they let go, they burst into life or vivid colour, and then the leaves drop. And the leaves drop because a tree needs to drop the leaves in order to carry the weight of winter. I wonder how many of us today are carrying something that we need to let go of in order to live for Jesus or in order to seek out that in our lives, which will make more sense, have more meaning. Wisdom is defined as having experience, having knowledge and good judgment. And there's nothing wrong with knowing things. But as we find out later, it's nothing without love. And without the love of God, that is the true wisdom in this world, that he loved us so much he sent Jesus to come and die for us so that our sins are forgiven, so that everything we carry, that stuff that weighs us down and crushes us sometimes, he says, I take that from you and you can live free. And you can live in relationship with God. And without Jesus, we don't know what God is like. That's the, one of the points of Jesus is that we can look at Jesus Christ and go, oh, 
God is kind. God is compassionate. God is a heart of justice. God seeks out the lost and the last and the least. And he redeems their life and he sets them free. And he forgives their sins. It's God, fully human, fully divine. He makes the intangible tangible. In in our culture, there is so much seeking after a divinity, a God, a divinity, which is not what God did in Jesus. He sent Jesus to us so that we can just see straight away this is what God is like. The beauty of the gospel that Paul is preaching here is that it's humbling and it breaks down the arrogance and the pride of the time. He rips them apart, uh, the speakers, the orators of the time, and he says, they're, they're not preaching good wisdom. That's not true wisdom. That's worldly wisdom. You can chase after that. You can chase after the next great job. You can chase after the next nice house. You can chase after your next meal even. You can chase after whatever it is that you think will give you life, a good music gig, a fast car, electric car in my case not very fast but you know nice (laughs) but it won't give you the life you're after it won't give you the very thing that will make you feel fulfilled there will always be a gap without Jesus we're just searching for God in the dark unable to understand who we truly are and what it is we're looking for. Paul is writing to the Corinthians because they're really divided over all these things that they're living. They're fighting, they're infighting, and he says, how can the world know who Jesus is if this is what you look like? (laughs) Ring any bells? (laughs) The church in the UK is often fighting. We don't often agree on much, but surely we can agree on the person of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. People won't come to faith. They won't get to live in that freedom if we are divided. And this is what Paul is speaking to the Corinthians. It's no different, really, today. The country that we are in is is a bit painful at the moment. It's a bit difficult to live under some of the decisions that are being made. And if you look at the world, it's even more painful. But Jesus came to show us that love wins in those circumstances. If we live by the love that sent Jesus to the cross, the wisdom of Jesus Christ crucified, We will have the best parties. We will have the greatest ability to stand alongside people who are grieving. We will be able to live continually for Jesus. And people will say, what's different about you? It's that you lead your life with Jesus. You live your life with Jesus. And he leads you in his love. So, I don't know what where you're at today I don't know like they said why you've come and often we never know why you've come actually but my egg timer on a string to remind you as you go through the week what is your life centered around and does it fulfill you
or is it distracting you from the real deal that is Jesus? Are you going to plumb the depths of all there is to know about that relationship with God? I'm going to invite the worship team up as I pray. God, your love is upside down to what the world thinks. The world drives after success, accomplishment, putting ourselves first. But you call us and you show us what it means to put others first, to love our neighbor as ourselves. You show us what it means to be free in you, not tied down by the weight of the world. Would you help us this week to center our lives on you? To ask the question, where are you in this situation? And what can I learn? Not so that I know more about God, but so that I know more of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a song in response to what Sophie's brought to us. The song's called Living Hope.